Raffles' father, Captain Benjamin Raffles, was the master of the ship Anne, that at that time was involved in trading throughout the Caribbean. Little is known of Captain Raffles except that he was a Yorkshireman married to a woman called Anne. Thomas was their second son, the first having died in infancy. Equally little is known of the young Raffles once he had been christened on their return to England at the parish church of Eton Bishop in Herefordshire. He was given the name Stamford Bingley, apparently out of respect to his two godfathers, Mr. Stamford and Mr. Bingley. Captain Raffles appears to have been a senior figure in the West Indian trade and yet financially unsuccessful. With another five children following Thomas, one, a son, died, pressure built increasingly on the family finances. As a result, it seems that Thomas's upbringing was not a comfortable one, and at the age of 14, after only two years of schooling in Hammersmith, west of London, the impoverishment of his family led him to being taken from school. He would later lament, the deficiency of my early education has never been fully supplied. In 1795, the 14-year-old began work, joining a company that he would spend his entire working life with, the East India Company. The company was Britain's front line in the East. Though essentially a private trading company, it was supervised by the government during its expansion into new and financially beneficial markets. Ruled by a governor-general in Calcutta, the company's area of influence focused specifically on India, but extended beyond the subcontinent and throughout Asia for thousands of miles. The East India Company in Southeast Asia Until the end of the 16th century, the Portuguese supplied the English markets with pepper and spices, but prices were rising. The London-based East India Company was subsequently formed in 1600 by merchants keen to deal directly with traders in Asia rather than through the middlemen of the Mediterranean, initially the Portuguese and more recently the Dutch. From the 16th century, the European naval powers of Spain, Holland, Britain and particularly Portugal had been extending their frontiers in Asia. The passage to the Americas, the West and East Indies, and China fueled an enormous expansion in trade. In the late 16th century, the Dutch set sail for the East Indies, keen to trade in spices and other luxury goods. Such trade was riven with dangers, and force was increasingly used to secure advantage. But the profits were motivation enough to undergo the trials and tribulations of such long sea voyages. The Dutch East India Company... VOC, had been founded in 1602, some years after the first visit of a Dutch ship to Asia. The Netherlands joined in the battle with Portugal and Britain for the lucrative trade. Much of the trade, however, consisted of shipments not to and from Europe, but between the thousands of islands of insular Southeast Asia and mainland Asia, and it was known as the country trade. Silks, cotton, tea and coffee were particularly successful. A rag bag of tawdry ships carried such wares in the quest for easy money. Little interest was shown in the Asians themselves. Britain at this time was a star that had yet to shine. Its interest tended to focus west on the Americas, 
but a growing market to the east was beginning to stir colonial ambitions. By the mid-1700s, Britain was under assault in both Europe and the Americas. Isolated by slow and inconsistent communications over thousands of miles, the affairs of the Indian subcontinent and southern Asia developed at their own pace and were often little affected by events at home. The three trading corporations, the East India Company, the French Compagnie des Andes and the Dutch VOC, often without the approval and sometimes even the knowledge of their governments, variously competed and fought with one another. Fleets protected their interests and local armies were trained to do the same. The early history of the British East India Company was marked by failure. The Dutch, in particular, resisted firmly any attempts to shift them from their territories. Indeed, so entrenched did the Dutch appear that the British more or less accepted their...